0: Chapter 18 What? When did it happen? Sometime early this morning, still waiting on the coroner. The neighbors heard the shot and called the police. How did your business card end up at his apartment? His name came up in Anna Maria's journal, so I went to talk to him. He was a foreman with Fairbelt Drilling and a client of Mistress Delaney. That's Rosario, right? The lady accountant who said she found your phone? Yeah. Give me ten minutes, I'll be there. I grabbed Marco's letter on the way out the door, stuffing it into the breast pocket of my winter coat. It would have to wait. It was closer to twenty minutes before I arrived, but Doc Lamberto, the coroner, had just pulled up too. Nobody missed anything. I sidled up beside Barnes as Lamberto slipped beneath the yellow crime scene tape and entered the dead man's apartment. So, what have we got? I saw one shot at the back of the head. There were a few stray shots in the apartment. We dug one bullet out the wall, looks like a forty five. Barnes stared straight ahead at the door, chewing on a toothpick. Seems to be the weapon of choice here lately. Anything else significant? Now well, The victim was found face down on the floor. He was naked. His arms and legs were bound together into what would have been a kneeling position. What else? There were whip marks on his back. He had a blindfold on. Barnes spoke in a monotone. I could tell he was trying to stuff the horror of what he'd seen into that box of stuff all cops have in the lower levels of their souls. It's a box you don't talk about with your family, and only very rarely with your brother officers. It's better that box stays closed. You never get used to seeing a dead body, no matter how often it happens. The blood, the brain matter, the empty eyes, and mouths screaming in silent terror, forever frozen in the horror of their last moments. You never escape the pain of the grieving family, either. Their screams and sobs when you make notification come back to you late at night along with the face of the victim echoing off your bedroom walls, making your sleeping eyes fly open. Those memories follow you downstairs and into kitchens where you sit in the moonlight with a cold beer and your pain until the sun comes up. There was a point in my police career when I had people I could share my pain with. My father, a cop himself, my brother officers, and a female officer named Fiona who, for an even briefer time, was my fiancée. I was a shameless by the time I married Gracie, but she still sat up with me at night when that dark box slid open after a tough case, or too many beers. But Barnes had no one. He never married, devoting his entire life to his career. I never knew what he did to blow off steam, except curse at the long lines at Puccini's coffee shop, or the errors in the local newspaper. After all the names I found in Anna Maria's coded journal, maybe that was for the best. I turned from my thoughts to the crime scene at hand. Before I knew who she was, I talked to Mr. Delaney on the phone, trying to set up a meeting with her. I was trying to look into what connection she may have had with Anna Maria. She said I shouldn't have contacted her on that number, she was going to punish Steve for releasing it to me. Barnes nodded, writing my remarks down in his notebook. Yeah, looks like I need to talk to Rosario Drayton, for more than one reason. We stepped aside as Lamberto came out of the apartment. He nodded at me and reiterated the injuries in the scene as Barnes had. Anything else other than what I saw? After we cut the ropes and rolled the victim over, we discovered a number of facial injuries. Most likely a broken jaw and broken cheekbones. There was blood coming out of the ears too, but that might be from the gunshot wound. I'll have to check that at the autopsy. His teeth were also broken off, but a number of them were still inside his mouth. I'm assuming they were kicked in while he was begging for his life. Let's just hope he was already unconscious when... Whoever shot him in the head. Are we looking at one suspect or two? We have a name for one possible suspect. I don't know if this is the work of just one person. It's possible two people could have done this. If a single perpetrator did it, here, she was completely enraged. She? Barnes shot me a look. Could one woman have done this? This number is not to be shared. Mistress Delaney's words came back to me as Lamberto spoke. It's possible, but doubtful. When women kill someone, the victim's usually someone they're in a relationship with, someone someone who's abused them or broken promises somehow, marital infidelity, what have you. This is more like revenge. This is rage. He'll have to be punished for that. He'll have to be punished. Lamberto kept speaking. Women generally don't use this kind of physical violence, not as often as men anyway, but it can happen, although... Generally not to the extent I saw here. That's why I don't think one person did this. Women use guns and sharp objects, knives, you know, to kill someone, and it's generally spur-of-the-moment reaction to something. Domestic abuse, rape, infidelity. Poisons are more frequently used in premeditated murders. Was it a man or a woman who kicked the victim in the face? Don't know yet. I'll check the size of the bruises. That should give me an idea. Two men, identified as coroner's employees by the letters across the backs of their jackets, rolled the late Steve Harrison, now in a black body bag, passed us on a gurney. Barnes shook his head. I think I've done everything I can here. Silently, we walked back to his unmarked. His steps were slow, and he seemed worn out. You okay, Barnes? I'm tired of this, Fitz. I'm tired of the dead bodies. I'm tired of the pain in people's eyes when I tell them their loved one's been killed. I'm tired of looking at the evil, the stupidity, the damn bad luck of some people. I nodded and kicked at the snow. I couldn't blame him. We've only got a week or so until retirement. That's what you think. It's not the end to watch for me unless these murders are solved. Is it even worth it? If you can't solve it by next week, then you just hand it off to the next detective. You want to tell Mrs. Harrison that? Barnes unlocked the door of his old Crown Vic and slid in. He'd been driving it for years. It was probably the last one in the motor pool. As soon as Barnes retired, the department would no doubt junk it and upgrade to something else. Heading back to the excursion, I pulled my jacket collar closer around my neck. Marco's letter crackled in my breast pocket. How could I forget? I pulled the folded piece of notebook paper out of the envelope and read, Fitz, I lied to you. I wasn't at my mom's the night Ippo died. I was there. The man told me if I told anybody what happened, he'd hurt me. Then send me to Juvie. I don't want to go to Juvie. I'm going where I won't be a problem to nobody no more. Marco. <sighs> Alicia needed to know this. I punched in her cell number. and went straight to voicemail. I didn't leave a message. Instead, I put in her direct office number. Same thing. You have reached the voicemail of Prosecutor Alicia Linneman. I am not able to take your call at this time. That could mean a couple things. She was either in court or in a meeting. She could also be with Probate Boy. Or she was done with me. I couldn't think about that right now. I needed to find Marco before he did something stupid. I looked up to see Barnes wave at me as the old Crown Vic rolled away from the curb, heading back to the cop shop. I began to run after the unmarked. Barnes, stop! The brakes squealed. He leaned out the driver's side window. What is it? It's Marco. He knows who killed Anna Maria.